and welcome to Stacia Jason, a podcast at the intersection of analog digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyford. We're back. I'm joined by my friend and co-host Stu Lennon after a week away, a, well, I would say a continent apart, but at least a, an island apart on the other side of the continent, plane travel, all of those things. I think you survived. How are you doing, Stu? It's touch and go, Justin. I've got to be honest. Uh, it, it's a zoo out there. Be, be careful, everybody. Yeah, and now, and now that we're we're getting older, um, a belated happy birthday, Stu. I, I think it makes it even harder, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it? I don't know if the passing or the ticking over of one birthday has had an, an impact, but thank you very much. Yeah, it's uh, it's we've all had a couple of years uh, getting into new routines and new habits, and perhaps. I don't know, formulating new standards. And it gives you a fresh perspective on travel, which I, I dare say I may get to later. Mm-hmm. How are things in Canada? Not too bad. We didn't record last week. I did not have my other bi-weekly podcast. And so our conversation from the last episode about jobby jobs and hobby jobs and thinking and evaluating life really got me got me thinking because with a week off it was no podcasting at all i just sat on my own and spent time with my family i mean weird haven't done that in a while uh but yeah it's really got me looking at that balance of life and what i want to do and why i do what i do no conclusions yet but certainly has me thinking Mm, that's it. It's very good. I I have to say I've done something similar in terms of you know taking a little break. It makes a makes a huge difference. Asks lots of questions, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, I just want some of the answers. Ah. but then again, story of my life. I always want answers. <laughs> Never have them. Uh, and I do have some follow up from Stu. I was thinking about the most affordable way to get Stu onto an audio backup. There is a software called Audio Hijack by Rogue Amoeba, which I use and was going to recommend, well, I'm still going to recommend it, but uh, I'm going to suggest that you use it cautiously. I changed something this morning before I started recording and the weirdest feeling I had myself when I spoke coming out of one headphone and I had Stu when he spoke coming out of the other one it was most discombobulating so <laughs> uh, the install is a little scary on an M1 because you've got to kind of reboot and go into a security setting a bypass it uh, very reputable company though uh, been around for years I've used it for years uh, and does a fantastic job of creating an in-machine separate audio file and uh, I'm sorry Justin that was not scary that was terrifying oh okay I've never I've never had to do that to a Mac before. Press and hold the power button and up comes this thing. Say, do you really want to do this? You're going to die. Mm-hmm. Oh, Gave me the heebie-jeebies, but I managed it. Oh, you did so, it. Yes, we have. Um, I'm, uh, I've am i no idea if I'm doing the right thing, but um, Audio Hijack is now, uh, is now taking everything that comes off my mic. So it's giving a backup of my track. Perfect. There you go. Perfect. See it's, that's very exciting. And it's like, it's got a sort of, I've got the garage band sort of, you know, wavy, you know, big lines, when I make lots of noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a much gentler sort of form on, on audio hijack. It's just rumbling along and a very pleasant orange color. Very nice. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Oh yes. Just at the bottom there. I see what you're talking about. Mm. 
I've got my setup for, I do some monitoring and some EQ straight to the mic. And anyway, well, we won't get too complicated. Just a, a backup no is a good thing. <laughs> I was looking at uh, hardware solutions for you. And the problem is you have a USB mic. And mm-hmm. I have an XLR powered mic, like a, sure. a an old school microphone. So most of the boxes that would actually do it separately don't work for you so it was a bit of a challenge uh but on the bright side this is likely the least expensive choice that i could have come up with that's very unlike you and i'm very grateful (laughs) i was thinking of you this week this last week Stu. Uh, you know, we, we usually talk every week and I haven't talked to you for a couple of weeks. So I had a question that came up and I thought you are probably the most qualified person I know to answer this. I have a new vendor representative at work guy I deal with, uh, somebody left the bill, the business. This is a, a business that I have to be nice to. I have to work with regularly, you know, several times a month. The new guy loves to use a phone. He's one of those people you send him an email with a specific question and all of a sudden your phone lights up because he's calling. Mm-hmm. You know the type, right? Oh, yes. I know the type. How does one politely encourage them to use an effective communication method that is much more effective? I, I don't need to do five minutes of chit chat just to answer the question. It's a simple question. Send me an email. <laughs> uh, how do I do that without sounding like, well, a bit of uh, an a-hole? <laughs> well, um, people who know me might say that I wouldn't worry about that final bit. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, uh, I think, I imagine that the the representative is is actually he's working to a formula here and he's he's got it in his mind he's in a new position you're a new uh, a new client to him he's he's relationship building that's I, I had little air quotes there for those who aren't watching because you can't because it's an audio uh, format but oh I heard um, them I heard them Steve. <laughs> Clear as day. <laughs> I heard the sarcasm and the air quotes. Yeah. And so he's thinking, okay, well, this is, you know, this is a chance for me to get to know Joe. He's probably got a list of questions that he's going to, he's going to ask you so that, you know, if you ever mention your wife's name, he'll write that down. Mm. That's going to go into his, his outlook address book. It's going to be wife um, and then dog. And he's going to try and gather all this information. He's rapport building according to a formula, I suspect. And, and I have a degree of uh, a sympathy for him because uh, when I read this question, I thought, oh, oh, is that me? Oh. Um, just, just because in one of the sort of roles that I'm fulfilling at the moment, uh, an element of it is sales. And so it's like uh, trying to build a relationship with someone. And I'm trying to build a relationship with the female equivalent of Justin. Mm. <laughs> who's answering the phone and go what <laughs> i think hi just wanted to check in see how you do it and you know i'm not following a formula necessarily but i am trying to get some sort of relationship and uh eventually uh, they get the idea <laughs> that's that's what i would say i mean with with her what she would do is that she would uh just not respond to me and send me an email back saying oh, yeah really sorry up up to my eyes in it uh, perhaps we could have a call tomorrow at 12 13 uh for two minutes or something and and would you know she made it very clear to me that she was busy and she wanted to schedule stuff uh and 
gradually I just sort of backed off and, and tried to let her drive the communication. But, you know, for, for this guy, he's got targets to meet. <laughs> he's, got, he's got product to move and he's hoping that you're going to, you know, you're going to pay his bonus this year. So it'll take a little while. And the other one um, that I, I often use on, on vendor representatives is I would just, uh, every time they call me, I ask for a discount. <laughs> because in, in his formula, the last thing that he wants to do is say no to me. So he, if he keeps calling me up and asking me how my wife is and how life's getting on, I go, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely great. What sort of discount? Could you give me an increased discount this month? I think you should increase the discount, you know, really. Come on, we're a great client. We get on so well. We talk so often. You should give me a bigger discount. And you know what? He'll stop calling. He was one of those guys who uh, called because I saw his number and didn't leave a message, which is like even worse. <laughs> if you're, if you're going to make the effort of lighting up on my phone, um, at least leave a message and tell me exactly the answer to my question. I was a little... Oh, there's... I'll tell you what, Justin, there's an episode in that. Because um, where I am, Cyprus, nobody ever leaves a message. Ever. <clears throat> if you've got something on your voicemail, it's automated. It, <laughs> no, no person leaves a voicemail. Really? Oh. So we should, we should talk about that. Uh, I think so, because that would absolutely drive me nuts. I have thoughts. I have <laughs> oh, <laughs> feelings. Lots of feelings on that one. Scary stuff. So I, I heard the uh, earth was moving for you. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. The uh, My birthday is on the, uh, was on the Wednesday. And on the Tuesday, our local restaurant, which has been closed down for the uh, best part of a year, um, opened up again. And it was a, uh, a sort of open invite cocktails and canapé. Or, so basically free booze. <laughs> and so I was like, ah, well, that seems an appropriate place to go and, and I don't know, usher in my birthday. Uh, and at one point in the evening, they said, oh, we're having a bit trouble with the beer keg. Would you like a whiskey? Uh, and, and the rest is, in fact, history. Um, not history that I've got any recollection of, but history that other people will remember, I suspect, for a while. <laughs> Uh, so so I, I was having a cracking time. And at one point, do specifically remember thinking, oh, wait, I better slow down. But it turns out it wasn't me um, being old or stumbling. It was, in fact, a 6.1 earthquake, 6.1 on the Richter scale. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, and we had uh, we had two, and apparently two distinct ones. One wasn't an aftershock of another. I, how they know that, I have no idea. But, um, yeah, it was a... Uh, well, I was going to say it would be quite scary, but I, I just thought I'd stumbled. What a shock. <laughs> yes. Well, we get we get a lot of them here. We do get a lot of earthquakes. Um, and fortunately, the houses are pretty well built these days mm. to to withstand them. But yeah, they're, they're quite scary things. Some people, I mean, the dogs don't don't like them. The dogs get very upset by them, mm -hmm. uh, particularly Charlie, my, my highly strung one. Um, but phew, yeah, there you go. Another earthquake passed by. Do you get them in Canada? Are you, you too far north? I, mean, I don't know how earthquakes work, really. We, well, the coast is on the what they call the, the, the Pacific Rim or the Ring of Fire or something. they got some cute name for it. Mm -hmm. uh, we have in Washington State, a fairly close to us, a big uh, volcano that tends to be one of those things that forms on earthquake plates. Uh, so we do get them occasionally in Vancouver on the coast there. Uh, you get them quite a bit off the coast. There's always the big tsunami warning system now that you'll get if there's a big one off the coast. But uh, yeah, nothing touch wood too major. And I haven't got a clue 
what that would do to us up here, because I'm sort of thinking mm. if the coast has an earthquake, they've got an entire mountain range to, uh, flow into the ocean with them before I get beachfront property. So, mm. um, you know, I, I think I should be okay, but, uh, I don't, I don't really know. Actually, I haven't, I haven't researched it. Weirdly enough, I do have a book. Uh, that I bought from the local museum at Christmas uh, on the geology of the local area because I'm a nerd enough that that is on my reading list. I want to find out what the geology of the area is, but I haven't actually researched it yet. Cool. Well, there we go. That'll be follow-up for, I don't know, 100 episodes time. Yeah, I promise not to talk about that. That doesn't even sound interesting to me, and I just said it. <laughs> plate tectonics by justin twyford i i think we go a long way mm. all right let's get on some productivity stuff what's your tool of the week Stu? now that you're back and i'm assuming almost into productivity <laughs> uh, apart from wednesday wednesday may uh sound like it uh not have been too productive after the <laughs> night before well I, I mean i have to say um we arrived back on saturday night um, uh, and that in itself was a bit of a trial, which I, I guess I'll talk about later. Um, and then uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday were holidays here because of Orthodox Easter. So um, mm -hmm. Greek Orthodox Easter was a week later than um, sort of Western Christian Easter. Uh, and it's a big deal here. They really go big at Easter. So uh, nothing was open, and I mean nothing. Usually bank holidays here, they just kind of ignore them. Uh, but Easter is the one they take seriously and the restaurants close and the sh uh, supermarkets and all that. So uh, that was all fairly quiet, not much doing going on, doing all the post-holiday admin stuff, you know, doing the washing and, uh, you know, reacquainting myself with my dogs, that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, then Wednesday, uh, as you say, got off to quite a slow start, but uh, I, I'm my the, the, the current Mrs. Lennon is not a fan of hangovers. Uh, she's allowed to have them, but I'm not. So um, I have to sort of just soldier through and there's a lot of, no, no, I'm fine, really. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm dying. No, 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 I'm fine. Um, and so got some bits and pieces done, but I was determined not to do too much work. Uh, and then this morning, uh, which is Thursday, uh, I got up and played golf. So I haven't really done anything, to be honest. I'm sort of just catching up with the bits and pieces of, you know, those little fires that you find in your inbox. Oh, better respond to that person. Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, you leave it for a couple more days. It'll go out on its own. <laughs> yeah. I've got, I've got a couple of things scheduled for tomorrow and quite a busy week beginning to take shape next week. But, uh, no, I haven't really used anything this week. Truth be told. What about you rescue this segment? What have you been using as a tool of the week? Well, I pre-scheduled my week. So one of the things I've been doing for the last little while is going through and making columns on a two-page spread out in my Leuch term bullet journal for each day of the week, five days. And I pre-schedule what I want to do on each day. Really look at everything I need to do in a weekend and figure out a way to do it. And it's just pre-scheduling rather than, you know, looking at block planning the day before, but doing that out a week at a time has just really helped me get on top of some of those bigger and more easily procrastinated tasks. So it's just a simple thing, but it's really helping me. And I really thought about it this week and went, yeah, this is, this is good. All right. Excellent. Well, Good work. And what pen have you been using to do that? Oh, look oh. at that for a segue. Oh, oh very good. 
you know, next thing we'll be taking ads and uh, all of a sudden we'll be talking uh, mattresses and uh, delivered food. <laughs> Heaven forfend. I've, I've dug out, I was actually sitting at my desk the other day and I was wanting to do some journaling and I have my leather case with the Mont Blanc 147 Traveler that uh, we, I think we, we've probably talked about it before, but mm -hmm. it's a 146 size pen that uses cartridges rather than being a piston filler. Uh, and it comes in this lovely little leather travel package that has six extra cartridges uh, in inside of it. And it's designed that when you go traveling, it's the one pen that you throw along. And I hadn't used it for you know, probably a couple of months. Uh, it was just kind of in my storage and I, I pulled it out and I popped it open and Mont Blanc, you pay a lot, but it wrote after several months of sitting there without being written, uh, right off the bat, touched and flowed just beautifully. Yeah. And so I just picked it up and carried on using it. And I've been journaling, I gotta say it's thicker than I normally use in a nib, but oh my gosh, it, it just makes my handwriting well, I would say pretty, but it's still my handwriting, so pretty-ish. <laughs> um, but yes, it, it, it is just a, an absolutely lovely writer, and I've been really enjoying it. Excellent. Sounds very, very nice. Well, I've been um, sort of just working down through the stock. So I, you know, I think we've discussed before, I have four or five on the go at the moment because I don't get through one in a, a week. Um, and I've emptied out the graph from Faber-Castell, the Emotion. Oh, wow. So that's uh, that's ready for cleaning. Uh, the Sailor Pro Gear, um, I think I tend to reach for that more often than any other. So that goes quite quickly. Um, I'm really enjoying my, my Mont Blanc Rouge Noir, the, uh, the Héritage, which is a very thin pencil, which doesn't take much ink. So that will probably empty quite soon. But yeah, my journaling and, um, you know, my planning has all been really sporadic while I was on... Uh, on my travels, I just didn't really do it. And I haven't got back into a regular habit yet. Um, so yes, it's, I'm, I'm kind of at that, right. Need to reset, restart tomorrow. I've put some time aside. I'm going to redo my day themes, um, because you know, I've made some, some decisions about how I'm going to work going forward and things. So yeah, it's a, it's all a bit of a restart for me at the end of April. So I don't know, uh, a new May, a new beginning. Oh, there must be a Star Wars joke in there somewhere. May the 4th, yes. The, oh, anyway, um, it'll be all that. Two old men making Star Wars jokes on the interwebs. <laughs> it's very popular, Justin. I be do first. believe we have a new show title, Stu. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think grumpy old geeks would probably come and sue us. <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, so what pens did you take with you? And did you have any problems flying with uh, ink? I took one pen. Um, as as the whole sort of packing thing began to take shape, which by which I mean uh, every 15 to 16 minutes, my wife would go, would you be able to carry, um, because I'm an only child and a selfish brat, I, I, I like to have my case. I don't want anybody else to put anything in it. Let's share a suitcase. No, let's not share a suitcase. You do your thing. I'll do my thing. And am I carrying yours? I just don't want to carry your stuff in my suitcase. Don't like it. Um, and then immediately my wife ignores that and just, oh, oh, just this. And just, and we're going hand luggage only 
And so sort of when everything is packed and done, that's when she goes, could you take a couple of pairs of shoes for me? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, so there was a lot of rationalization going on. And I ended up taking just the Coeco Sport, the raw aluminium uh, with a full cartridge in it uh, and my pocket notebook. That was it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm assuming you had no problems with that at all. No. Um, obviously, you've got electronic uh, availability. Should you need it, you can, you know, tap into your phone or uh, the other bits and pieces that we tend to carry around with us. Um, but actually, no, I found it quite nice to get back into the pocket notebook sort of routine of, oh, I've remembered something. I'll just write it down here. Um, it was quite nice. The, the the paper, I was using a Norderly um, pocket notebook that we sell at Nero's Notes. Uh, nice paper. Uh, it's quite a quite a sort of juicy nib, the Coeco, the, uh, the medium, but it's fine. It's absolutely fine for a quick note. So, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Just just being very stripped down, minimalist. It was almost like I was on Camino going, going hiking. Mm-hmm. Um, whew, yeah, there you go. I do have to ask about technology, though, because we talk about it on this show. Of course. I understand you left with something and came back with something else. Yes, um, that, that, that was uh, intentionality to that, uh, because I had um, vouchers um for the apple store um and because i had my sort of thinking around mobile technology had been developing and um i like the small phone so i have the mini yes i am one of the four people uh who who bought the mini Uh, and i love that because it's really small it doesn't weigh my pockets down so much uh which is important because i tend to spend my life in shorts so because of that I I was really drawn towards the iPad mini because I thought, you know, if I'm going to do stuff like Twitter or um, keep up with some magazine subscriptions, read some news articles, that sort of, I'm going to say, Kindle size is perfect. Um, And you'd mentioned that you got one for Cindy and it was was an awesome piece of kit. Um, I'd looked at one here, but they didn't have them in stock, et cetera, et cetera. So my plan was, I will take my iPad Pro mm-hmm. and use that as my computer for the road if I need it. Um, and then potentially trade that in as well as getting a, a mini. And the whole trip to the Apple store was bizarre. So I, I looked at the mini, I looked at the iPad Air, I looked at all of the different options as a sort of consumption device. That's really where I was going with it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, You'd, you'd advise me that the Mini was the way to go, and do you know what it was? It felt the right thing. So, yeah, I'll pick that. Okay, yeah, I'll have a cover. That's great. Then, mm, okay, the one the one drawback with the iPhone Mini is sometimes it can be a bit low on battery. Oh, look, there's a little piggyback battery that you could just slap up. Yeah, I'll have one of those. And, oh, AirTags. Yeah, I wanted to try. So I was like a kid in a sweet shop, mm. and I'm just, you know, grabbing all these things. Uh, but... You know, I've got 500 and something pounds in uh, vouchers. I'm pretty sure I'm going to hand in the iPad Pro where they've told me uh, if I trade it in today, they'll give me 300 pounds, which I thought was very generous of them. Um, That's for, you know, the original 12.9, so the 2018 version, that that one. Um, So, you know, I thought, well, this is great. Then I tried to pay. (laughs) <laughs> the vouchers ah. the vouchers all failed like, oh well that's not great 
Isn't that why you had um, the vouchers in the first place? Because they failed online the last time you bought something? Uh, well, it's because I um, you, could, you can't get delivery from Apple UK to Cyprus. And there is no Apple Cyprus. So I was... Oh, the, the manager came over and we were going through it and he's looking and he's going, well, yeah, that one definitely says whatever it was, 215 pounds and that one. Hmm, that's weird, isn't it? And I said, yeah, because here's a third one that says zero because I've used that. All right. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Look, I can't really help you. Uh, we need, because this has been issued by apple.com. We need to speak to them. All right, cool. Let's do that. So I'm speaking to somebody. I go, where are you? Greece. <laughs> how bizarre this is. So I'm chatting to Greece and uh, we're talking about how difficult it is to live in a country without an Apple store. If you're an Apple fan, mm, I know that she can't, she can't buy anything with her discount because, <laughs> because there's no Apple store in Greece. Anyway, so we're chatting away and she went, well, you've used them. Went, Have I? And she went, yeah. And bless her. She was really patient with me. She went through and she found the receipt for my M1 MacBook Air which I'd conveniently forgotten that I'd used these vouchers for. Uh, and the vouchers just hadn't up, updated on the on the phone. So those values were completely fictional, gone, finished. Um, <laughs> so I'm there with this sort of table full of stuff. I'm like, okay, well, I'm kind of committed now. <laughs> um, oh, and- I don't want this. It's going to cost me now. Yeah, it's it's the it's the tech equivalent of being in the supermarket at the, at the, the till and having to put stuff aside. Um, and I just, you know, I thought there's nobody behind me going to say, "Don't worry, I'll get this for him." So, so uh, yeah, I had to use I had to use real money, Justin. It was oh, uh, quite quite a problem. But I do have a beautiful little uh, MacBook Mini. I got the the purple one. Um, I got it um, Wi-Fi only, and I got the little purple folio cover. Uh, and it's uh, uh, her name is Iris, <laughs> and uh, yes, she's a, she's a lovely, lovely little piece of kit. My my phone, you see, is Ruby um, because she's a she's a product red. Um, so this is the kind of stuff that, that I, get, I get kicks from. But they are. Uh, so yeah, and I've got all the the little bits. We've got air tags now for. I'm gonna put some air tags on my air tags just in case I lose my air tags. Yeah. All very good. Nice to be in an Apple store. And that was that was in Bristol. That was in the southwest of England. All right. Lovely. Oh, you sound like my father-in-law. He's from Bristol. <laughs> A wonderful place it is, too. Uh, so, yeah. No, bit of shopping. I did mention to my wife that you were in Bristol, and she was all, oh, well, can you get him to send a picture of this and that? And it's like, no, he's not doing touristy stuff. He's seeing his mum. <laughs> well, no, funnily enough, my mum my mom lives in Hampshire now, oh, uh, okay. although she, she is from Bristol. But um, I was, it was one of those weird experiences. I was staying right in the centre of town. There's a lot of regeneration going on in Bristol. And um, just by coincidence, I was round the corner from a pub that used to have, shall we say, a relaxed approach to licensing laws. Mm-hmm. So it was it was where young men who were too young to drink could maybe get a drink. You know, if they sort of stood stood tall and used their gruffest voice, then uh, they might get served there. So yes, I was reliving many crimes of my youth that were all committed before the age of social media, I have to say, thank, thankfully. Um, yeah. <laughs> just uh, a pub that was opened in 1665 for that's that's history for you 
Well, you just had a birthday, so I know you're up there, but uh, 1665 <laughs> might still be a little bit before you. Yeah, it was, but uh, it was nice. We were, I got really lucky with the weather in, in the UK, which uh, was fantastic because I don't have a jacket that fits. <laughs> so it was quite handy that it neither rained nor got very cold. Mm. Lovely. Lovely. Well, I'm congratulations on the iPad mini. I'm quite jealous. I've keep looking at them. I'm in the similar story that the nearest Apple store for me is about five hour drive away. So mm. effectively there is no local Apple store, which is probably a good thing because who knows what my uh, kit would look like had I got options but uh yeah the the ipad mini i've looked at it several times for myself i look at that six to eight week delivery time and that always seems to be the you know what i really don't need it that badly yeah uh, but i think if it was in front of me and i could walk away with it uh like you i'd be throwing real money at the problem yeah i mean i think the thing that was it and you know i'm aware probably more aware now than I was before that it's unlikely I'm going to be uh, near an Apple store anytime soon because um, this was my sort of big um, discovery about traveling was um, well, how inefficient it is. F forget the fact that it's, it's not terribly pleasant at the moment because you've got a sort of perfect storm of pent up demand uh, and, you know, shortage of staff. So, all of the airlines, all of the airports, all of the ancillary services like Kaya, they they laid people off. Um, you know, they were trying to survive the pandemic as best they could. As we have all started traveling now, they're, they're trying to get people back. Some of them are being a little bit opportunistic and offering a lot less money than they used to pay. But also, I mean, certainly in the UK, there's almost full employment at the moment. So people are mm -hmm. able to sort of pick and choose what they do. They've just been through a pandemic too. And, and some of them have maybe decided they don't want to go and, you know, be abused by weary travelers at airports, for example, as a job. So it's, uh, it's really difficult. It's really awkward to travel anywhere. Uh, it cost a lot more than it used to for, for me on this trip anyway. Oof. Um, but, but what I discovered was, you know, getting to Bristol. I have a client who's Bristol-based. Mm. That, that's great for me because it's the town of my birth and bristol is what's bristol bristol's about an hour and a half drive from london let's say it's sort of it's due west on the map you do there's one motorway <laughs> called the m4 you drive along that until you get to a little local motorway called the m32 that takes you into the center of bristol boom couldn't be easier but it's an hour and a half so for, obviously if you're coming from outside of the country then you've got to fly you've got to get transport whether that be train bus or automobile you've got to get accommodation and you're doing all of this essentially so that you can go and have i mean what did i i met i met my client for an hour we had a chat then we had a bite to eat for an hour and then he had to go because he was going on holiday very early the next morning ah and then the next day I was going into, into his offices and talking to, you know, some of the team and all that stuff. So it's all, it's all good stuff and it's great. And it's what I used to do as my sort of bread and butter. But I walked away from that thinking, wow, that's probably two, three, four thousand $4,000 that actually could have been done with a, you know, two hour zoom presentation. Maybe if you'd done something creative, 
And I'm sure that businesses are looking at all of this travel and going, this is madness. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at the travel budget of big, big firms, it's a huge amount of money that gets spent. And it's a huge amount of time of the, the highest paid employees. You know, it's, it's the, you know, sales directors and marketing directors. These are the guys that are jumping on planes and they want to sit at the front because it, you know, it suits their, their, their sense of self-esteem. Um, they want to stay in nice places because, you know, this is a perk of the job and, you know, all of those things that I think we kind of took for granted. They all look a bit crazy, no? <laughs> well, unless you got billable hours, uh, that might be the only <laughs> thing that makes it worthwhile. Well, yeah, but that's the other thing, you know, clients, you know, clients look at me and I'm going, okay, yeah, sure. I'll come and do this and I'll do that and I'll do this. And it's going to cost you X thousand or, you know, we can set up a call and it's going to cost you X hundred. <laughs> it's like, hmm, hmm. I, I, th- I think it's going to be an, a monumental change in the way that we work. I really do. Because um, I don't think that the, the big businesses are going to send people on planes. You know, I, I think Apple will spend one-tenth, one-hundredth of what it used to spend on travel, I think. Uh, IBM, the same. Big airlines that rely on those people sitting at the front paying the premium prices, I think they're going to struggle. Oh, come on. They can get rid of a few rows of big seats at the front and put in 50 more rows of uh, small people seating. Yeah, but the, the amount of airlines that actually make money at that, you can count on the fingers of one hand. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the big flag carriers, you know, um, Air Canada, British Airways, these guys don't make anything on economy. And you certainly get the treatment that, uh, you're, you're worth as much as they're making off you. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the Ryanair, which I suppose is a, it's a copy of Southwest in, in the U S isn't it? But, um, you know, those guys with that sort of really cheap and cheerful approach of, you know, this is a bus. We're all in this together. We're all going to die together. That sort of thing. You know, it works because you're pretty much prepared to put up with anything if you've paid $45 to to fly across the continent. You know, it's like, okay, (laughs) all right, so we got delayed or I've got to, you know, sit on this uncomfortable seat. And if that person in front of me puts their seats back, he's going to break both my kneecaps. You know, fine, you're prepared to put up all all that because of the price. Um, whereas those guys are sitting up front who their, their flight is a thousand dollars. I think their bosses now are going, really? Just, just put Jim on a, just put Jim on a call. Hmm. Honestly. Um, let's not do a big sales conference this year. Let's do this. Let's, uh, let's give all the employees, I don't know, a thousand dollars each. We'll save a fortune. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see how that goes. So no WWDC in, uh, Stu's, uh, flight plan of the future. No, I don't think they'll do WWDC. I don't think um, I don't think they'll do any of those big conferences that were. They will become rarer, and people will be far more demanding of what they get out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm looking at how I work, and people say, "Well, you know, uh, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I need you to do this." And if it involves travel, I'm going to turn around to them and say, "Okay, like, let's look at this because sure, I can jump on a plane, but this is how much it will cost you." And uh, as you say, billable hours and all that stuff, in theory, you know, I'm billing from the time I leave my house and then I'm billing for the time where I sit around for two hours at the airport. And then I'm billing for five hours sitting on a plane, then a couple of hours that 
plus the hotel. You know, <laughs> the whole thing just gets crazy really quickly. If you look at the actual cost, the genuine real cost of travel, it's humongous. Mm-hmm. And technology has completely obliviated it. We mm-hmm. don't need it. Yeah. We absolutely don't in business. And I think I think businesses are too cost aware to, to miss that. You know, they're gonna they're gonna latch onto that. Mm. Interesting. I was actually just thinking, listening to you talk about how much fun traveling is. Uh years and years and years ago, back in the days when I did a lot more hands-on stuff, I had a billing code. And I can't remember what we called it, something cute like uh, a particular premium. Uh, but it was internally known as a piss me off charge. So if we had a customer that wanted something that was ridiculous, uh, they got this uh, premium built into their uh, pricing structure. And uh, at the end of the year, that sort of became a bit of a pot that, uh, well, we could use for some internal uh, fun and excitement. You know, let's pay for the Christmas party out of the piss me off charge. (laughs) I think you need a code like that in your uh, billing uh, expenses. Yeah, you know, like I say, it's it's for me. What was most eye opening was one that I didn't enjoy travel as much as I used to because I used to I used to travel every week for business. I used to get on planes, and I, I I loved it. I was one of those really freaky people that actually liked being at the airport, mm. and I could I could cope with you know all of the sort of mini stresses that you get because I just loved the the idea of sitting in that aluminium tube, feeling the thrust, feeling the takeoff. I'm I'm all for it. Love it. Feeling your neighbors pushing against you. Oh, uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I, I was one of the ones that was turning around saying, listen, I'm here on business. I'm sitting at the front. <laughs> that, that's more money. Well, that's fine. <laughs> if you don't want me to come, that's cool. I can stay at home. But if, if you want me to fly to you, I'm sitting at the front <laughs> where I can work comfortably and uh, have beautiful people bring me gin and tonic. And I liked all of that. I liked staying in hotels. Um, I liked going to new places. I remember going to Helsinki in the winter. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you get 30 minutes of daylight. It's just bizarre. You know, all, all of that stuff I, I found incredibly good fun. And okay, I'm older now. I'm sure that's got something to do with it too. But now the the, the hassle involved in traveling and the difficulty and everybody being so stressed and upset and then actually just looking at the amount of time i i probably put in four days to get i don't know five hours of meetings possibly something like that um and if i bill those days then you know that the hourly rate becomes you know astronomical you're talking you know paying ten thousand dollars an hour for actual time because of all the nonsense that goes on around it Mm. And I'm good, but I don't think I'm that good. <laughs> so, so let's talk about uh, bringing it back onto topic. How productive were you while you were? Uh, it sounds like you had a lot of downtime or travel time sitting there yeah. for, in between those uh, one hours or two hours of meeting. Uh, how productive were you on the road? Uh, well, the, so we went uh, it, uh, Western Easter. We flew on a Saturday. So we've landed on Saturday night. Um, we visited um, my wife's sister, saw a few people, had a bite to eat, you know, just chilled. Uh, Sunday, I headed off to my mother's. 
Um, so again, that was Easter Sunday. There wasn't much happening. So that was a downtime day. Fantastic. I haven't seen my mum in ages. It was fantastic to, to see her and spend some time with her. Uh, spent more time with her on the, the Monday, which is also a holiday. And then on the Tuesday, I, I took a sort of gentle, easy drive down to Bristol where I had that one meeting uh, and supper. That was, that was all that was on the agenda. And then the following morning, um, I had a sort of morning infield, if you like, you know, actually doing stuff, talking to people. And that was productive, but it was weird. And it was weird for everyone. We weren't quite sure whether to shake hands or, um, you know, do you, do you give people a hug? I mean, obviously not necessarily in a work environment, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, sort of quite European in outlook. So I do a lot of air kissing. That, that's what happens if you marry an Italian, you know, they go around <laughs> kissing each other all the time. So it's like, oh, wow, what do you do there? Do you do you bump fists? Do we shake hands? Um, there's definitely a sort of element of, yes, we're in the same room, but you know, we're, we're going to be a little bit further apart than maybe we would be. I mean, we're not talking Vladimir Putin and a massive table, but um, <laughs> pe- people were a little bit more distant from each other. And yeah, people were, people that I was talking to were very, very focused on, you know, do I need to be here? So not me, but they. So the businesses that I was visiting are retail. And so you need to have a retail presence. Um, But they've cut their staff numbers enormously. Uh, They've cut their shift patterns, changed their shift patterns to be more, I suppose, family friendly. Really, really interesting from that point of view. And those days that I was working, I was pretty productive. And then when I was up in London, you know, I had, I think on one day I had three meetings that were spread A, across the city and B, across the time. So the first meeting was at 12, second one was at three and the third one was at five. So um, I ended up walking about 25 kilometers just because I looked at my watch and thought, well, I've got no hurry. It's a beautiful sunny day, and this is London, which is is quite a cool place to be honest. So, um, I, you know, I was strolling across Hyde Park to get from one meeting to another, and that was that was great fun. Um, and productivity-wise, like I say, no, it isn't. It just isn't because there is not that much more that you can do in an hour face to face than you can do in an hour on a call, or you know, two half-hour calls, or you know, four fifteen-minute calls, or you know, however you want to shake it down. But um, it was on a human level, it was nice. So you know, these are people that pay me money. It's quite nice to see them. Um, to to you know, go back to our, our little guy at the start. This call, um, you know, build relationships. But no, it certainly wasn't efficient, and it certainly wasn't productive. It was good for me, I think, very regenerative for me, but I don't think it was uh, by any normal measure productive. Hmm. Sounds like you didn't take your MacBook with you. Nope. Wow. Uh, I took the iPad, which I used um, solely to watch Severance on the way over. (laughs) (laughs) That was was the only thing I used it for. Uh, I had my phone, which... Uh, came in handy because I wanted to listen to a podcast now and again when I was walking. I took a few photos. Um, I uh, a couple of calls, messaging apps, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I was much less digital than I expected to be. Interesting, interesting. One pen, one little iPad. No, I, wow. I I don't know how you did anything. I mean, you, you'd actually have to stop and talk to people. 
<laughs> well, yeah, but I didn't have lots of shoes for my wife, so that was good. Um, and you know, I, I had I had some space in my case because I knew it, it's a complete tangent. But golf balls in Cyprus are really expensive, so I, I buy my golf balls in the UK, and then the whole Brexit thing happened. So if I ship them over, I then have to pay import duty on these golf balls. So I thought, oh, I'll just pick them up, forgetting that golf balls are a quite heavy. Um, and B, that you need quite a lot of them. <laughs> so so my, my, my away suitcase, not a sponsor of this show, did, did a sterling job carrying, I think, what was it, eight boxes of, uh, of <laughs> golf balls. That's 96 golf balls. That's a lot of golf balls. <laughs> and Stu's there getting on the return flight, sweating because he's got every item of clothing, three oh. pairs of socks, uh, his extra underpants. They're all, they're all on. <laughs> As he's in the plane, because all of his luggage taken up with that. Don't get me started with that. I mean, the uh, checking in at Heathrow was just such a, it was such a zoo because uh, lots of people flying, understaffed, etc. And um, uh, Margaret was in a wheelchair. We we used assistance because of her back. Right. So I'm trying to wrestle uh, because they're short staffed. Um, they said, "Would you mind pushing uh, the wheelchair?" So I'm like, well, so by assistance, you mean you're going to lend me a wheelchair? That's basically what it, it boiled down to. But also it meant that we could go the faster channels to get through these things. So, okay, yeah, fine. But it means that I've got two away bags, um, a hold-all, a laptop bag, and a wheelchair. So I, I look a little bit like some sort of leopard tank <laughs> as, as, as I'm coming down. And, you know, people are getting knocked sideways as, as Margaret sort of, you know, elbows people as we go through. And then we got to the security thing. And uh, this is one of my pet hates at airport security. So, you know, we're going to put this through an x-ray machine, but take your laptop out. Why? You're putting it through an x-ray. <laughs> What difference does it make if it's inside the suitcase or not? Anyway, so pull that out. Oh, yeah, Kindle. Yeah, okay, pull that. The phone. Yeah, okay, pull that. Liquid. What? Liquids. Right, okay, there are my liquids. Could you close that plastic bag, please? What? <laughs> really? You need to close the plastic bag. Okay, yeah, cool. Right, fine. So I am loading up this tray after tray after tray because you've got to put everything through there, yeah? Yeah, take saying, off your belt, put on yeah, shoes. That's it. Take off your Apple Watch. So I'm there, lady in a wheelchair. Me loading up all these things, loading up all these things. Get through, get through the wheelchair. She's being sort of hand-searched with a wand and all that stuff. Boom, 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 boom. And then the woman who's just done the wand search turns around to me and says, um, do you mind you know, moving your, your wife away? I said, well, I can't because one of my bags hasn't come through. And she looked at me scornfully and said, that's because you did not push it onto the belt. To which I responded, that's possibly because I was doing your job in looking after the person who's supposed to be getting assistance, as well as wrestling the two suitcases, one hold-all, laptop bag, and complying with all your ridiculous security requirements that make absolutely no difference. What do you mean they make no difference? Well, that bag's full of liquids and electronics, and you haven't noticed. <laughs> Oops. At which point, Margaret said, I think you should stop now. Oh, okay, all right. Don't argue, don't argue with the security people. Not if you want to go home. Yes, security, security, security. I mean, if anybody's been watching the war in Ukraine, there's your problem. Handheld missile outside of the airport. Don't worry about my shower gel. It's not going to kill anyone. <laughs> Lunatics. Anyway, 
So yeah, all of that stuff, I mean, honestly, was unbelievably stressful. And we were extremely privileged. Okay, so A, we're flying up front, which means you get down the, the faster queues. And B, uh, Margaret had assistance. So at least she wasn't trying to walk. And, and Because if she walks long distances, then what happens is after about every 10 meters, she has to stop and sort of bend over and hold her back and, and make sort of weird Sicilian sounds for a, for a couple of minutes. And if you're trying to cover sort of 10,000 meters, that <laughs> it takes an awfully long time if you're doing like that. So we were very, very lucky that we were having probably a much better experience than everyone else. But some of the, some of the security queues were like two and a half hours. Oh, really? It's just, yeah. It's, it's, That's mental. It's abject chaos because um, the, the airline authorities, um, I know this because some of Margaret's family used to work at the airport. Um, you know, I, well, let's make some numbers up. Where they were paid 15 an hour, they're now being offered the same jobs back at nine an hour, <laughs> having been made redundant. Yeah, because that always helps with employee morale. <laughs> exactly. There's, there's a cost of living crisis in the UK at the moment, as there is, I think, in most places. You know, high inflation, fuel, um, and people are just going, well, no, I'm not going to come back for a 40% pay cut. Forget it. So they've got no staff, and you've got no staff. doesn't matter how many immigration you know, rules or laws you have if you've got nobody to actually look at the passports and you've got a problem. So, uh, yeah, I would, I I mean, Margaret is going traveling again in August. She's going to go to Sicily. <laughs> she said, do you want to come? Nope. <laughs> nope, I'll be here. Me and the dogs, grand. Thanks very much. How how did the dogs handle you guys been away? They had the time of their lives. Um, we sent them to a new sort of um, home border, so they stay uh, in the house. They're treated as pets rather than as, um, uh, you know, commercial enterprise type thing. Uh, it's a British guy and a Polish woman. Both very, very well-versed in looking after dogs. Uh, we did a big sort of briefing before about the various foibles of our dogs. Uh, and, you know, they take videos and send them to you and just show you how they're getting on. All the dogs got their own little dog bed in the master bedroom. <laughs> So there's like six of them. They, they were having a time in their lives. Charlie is a really social dog. He loves all dogs. So he was having a fantastic time. Spicy is, uh, she's, she, she's a bit Coco. She's more of a princess. Mm. Um, but she would just jump on an armchair, sit with the humans and look disdainfully at, uh, at those dogs running around doing dog stuff. Uh, but now they had a great time. Ah, oh, you've met my dog. <laughs> That's, I think Spicy and, and Coco are probably sisters, soul sisters in some way, shape, or form. Oh, definitely, yes. <laughs> the disdainful look for sure. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I, and they spoke to you both when, when you came to pick them up. Uh, yeah, they, they were delivered back to us. Um, they were delighted to see us. Uh, they were very happy. And then they sulked, I don't know, 24, 36 hours afterwards. That's usually what I'm used to. Well, I think because also, you know, they, they were in a pack of six dogs and it was loads of fun. No, it's just these boring humans again. <laughs> yeah, if I if I go away when I come come back, I get uh, disapproved from Coco. Yep she 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 will snub me for a day or two just to let me know that she's punishing me for going away. <laughs> I just realized Coco's birthday was on Tuesday, so she's uh, just one day different than you, Sue. Yeah, she's a day older than me. Although there wow. may be a couple of years difference in there somewhere as well. And why doggy years, even that gets confusing. <laughs> she turned four. So uh, okay. the joys so of, she's, yeah. the joys of young dogs. 
pushing into her 30s now. Yeah, that's going to hopefully uh, take her away from her terrible 20s and her terrible teens and her... Uh, yeah, no, she's... I don't think anything will change. <laughs> terrible 30s, we got to come up with a new name for it. Anyway, crazy stuff. So, do you have any takeaways on your thoughts of A, traveling, and B, how to be productive when traveling? Uh, yeah, I mean, how to be productive when traveling? Don't. Um, you know, f for me, I think I will... I, I believe that the tide has turned. I don't think it'll have anything to do with me or anything, but um, I think we're going to see a lot less business travel. I think people are going to lean in more and more to technology. Um, hopefully that will bode well for leisure travel. I honestly think that we need to be more demanding of the companies that provide this service because no other uh, sort of human experience is as badly managed as mass travel. <laughs> I mean, it's just nonsense that you're expected to, you know, stand around in queue multiple times for one trip. It's just, you wouldn't get away with this in any other type of business. And they, oh, well, it's security. No, it isn't. <laughs> it's, you know, um, it's all nonsense. So um, I think for me, I will be much more appreciative of being at home, much more appreciative of the fact that I can have I can have a meeting with you in Canada. I can have a meeting with TJ in Ireland. I can have a meeting with several clients dotted across the UK and Europe, and I can do it all without leaving my office. I have no travel time, no check-in time, no stuck-in-traffic time, no, oh, I'm in a weird hotel time. How do I get the Wi-Fi to work? None of those hassles or issues. Uh, it's just much more efficient. Um, but if you do have to travel, I have to say I loved the, the personal side of it. It was great to see um, family that I hadn't seen in years. Uh, it was great to see my mum. It was great to see London as a tourist, to see a bit of Bristol as a tourist. You know, my last day in London, Margaret wanted to spend more time with her family, of course. And that literally involves sitting around in the kitchen. That's, that's the Italian thing. So much though I enjoy Margaret's family. I didn't particularly want to do that. So I, I took myself off and I went to the British Library uh, in central London. And then from there, I went to the Royal Air Force Museum in Collindale, which is, you know, something I, I used to live 15 minutes away from there and never went. And my father was in the Air Force all his life. So uh, it was amazing. It was brilliant. It was a fantastic experience. We're very lucky the sun was shining in London. But um, that sort of travel, I'm, I'm all for. Um, and yeah, my, my, my takeaways would be right. Manage it like a military operation, mm. really work out how you're going to travel, take as little as you can. Uh, I would recommend you check it in and just literally walk onto the plane with, you know, your, your iPad mini under your arm. That's it. Um, just because it removes so much of the obstacles. Don't wear a belt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, have shoes you can slip on and off. I don't worry about, we have other problems coming, you know? <laughs> exactly. Well, they, well, they said to me, put, put your arms up because they wanted to do one of those body scan things. I said, oh, God, I'm not yeah. wearing a belt. You know what's going to happen if I put my arms up? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Smile. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> my advice to, I mean, I was talking to Claire who works with me at Nero's Notes um, because she has been, 
complaining to me about how difficult it is to find a reasonably priced holiday at the moment. And I said to her, I said, stay local. Go, <laughs> go next year when, you know, these things have settled down a bit and people have got staff back and all that stuff. But, oh, right now it's a zoo. I mean, Madrid Airport is the same. I was reading a, a news article about it. It's, it's not just the UK. It's everywhere in Europe. Wow. I, I got to say, Stu, my takeaway, listening to your traveling adventures has me pretty damn sure that I'm not ready for that level of chaos. I, I think I'm staying home. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a good flyer at the best of times. And the idea of all of this, uh, you know, I get a little confrontational when approached by, you know, people that come up with silly things like take this out of here and take that and zip this up. And, you know, I, I, my mouth sometimes just gets away with me. <laughs> Yeah, yes, I know that's a problem. I'm I'm all right if I'm on my own, because if I'm on my own, I just don't take liquids. Mm. <laughs> just don't, don't do it. And then when I get to my destination, I buy some toothpaste. Revolutionary, I know. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. But no, I, I don't think I'm quite ready for it. How did you have to do with COVID tests and all that stuff? What's the policy for that? Because I've heard that has been somewhat of a challenge for some people, uh, you know, yeah. booking uh, pre-exit covid and stuff like that did you did you have to do that or is the world open up enough yeah uk um cancelled covid so um it's decided there is no covid there's no um there's no real mask mandate anymore there's no testing required at cyprus when we left to go to the uk you needed a test to come back into cyprus but we knew that that uh, was going away that requirement was going away so we had to do no testing mm -hmm. um we've tested every day since we came back um sort of voluntarily i suppose just um because you know i, I play golf with some vulnerable people and stuff like that uh, and touch wood we we appear to have dodged it so that's very good that's very good yeah it sounds like it's one less thing i could just imagine with all the hassle at the airports having to deal then with yeah. covid tests and documentation and sure you know here this is written in greek give it to an english uh, customs agent i could just imagine the difficulties with that so yeah sounds like it's uh, probably the right time if you need to travel if you don't need to travel i would suggest that your idea of doing it by zoom probably a better option yeah yeah i think i think you know these things will all settle down it'll get easier um but i i would right now i would probably say okay just just if you can don't not for a while hmm. well it sounds like you haven't been on the interwebs much over the last week or so uh where can people find you have you remembered that you still have an internet presence or <laughs> has that all gone away well, um, certainly Nero's Notes internet uh, presence has been very, very uh, low. So I've got to get back on top of that. That's nerosnotes.co.uk. Um, I can usually be found at Twitter, uh, Stu Lennon, or at my own website, stuartlennon.com. What about you? Where can people find you, Justin? Well, I'm, I'm still on Twitter. I haven't left it yet, uh, despite all the silliness that's going around with the ownership thereof. Uh, you can find me at JJ Twyford on there. I'm generally a lurker. I check in a couple times a day just to see what's going on. Really, uh, you know, it's when I want to get some popcorn, sit there and watch something stupid because, hey, 
entertainment. That's what Twitter is. You can find me online. JustinTwyford.com is my website. Uh, and you can find us at stationery at Jason.com. You can also send us an email with your thoughts, comments, complaints, telling us that we're just doing traveling wrong, whatever it is. <laughs> StationeryAdjacent at gmail.com. Uh, please take a moment to like and review us on your podcast catch your choice. We really do appreciate your recommendations to friends and colleagues to help us grow the show. Our next topic is going to be a discussion on work and identity and questioning what the relationship of those are. Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes, us. <laughs>